Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back on the Outdoor Drive podcast. How's it hanging over there, Steve? Well, it's nice and warm, but it's a little bit wet this afternoon. We got a hell of a thunderstorm rolling through if you can't hear it in the background. You can kind of hear it. It's actually pretty uh, pretty soothing. It yeah. looks like, actually, it's getting a little windy out here. We're supposed to get some p.m. showers and then some a.m. showers also. So, yeah, well, a good night podcast. I, I love the rain. There's nothing more than I love than a thunderstorm, but the downside to it, is the river finally hit conditions that were absolutely perfect. Oh, that's right. And for the next four or five days, we're going to be washed out and muddy again. Oh, so you're going to have to wait again. See, that's the nice thing about like up here is like in the muddy, like, so if it rains here, then we'll get, um, you know, our viz will go down, like say like if I was spearfishing, right? And if the viz goes down, then we just wait two, three tides and then it will clean it all out. You don't have that. No, no. It takes, you know, say this rain will hit tonight, roll through, and I would need four or five good, clear, warm days before the river is clear again. Wow. And, and fishing crazy. fishing the river when it's muddy is, it's a trick. You got to know where to cast. You got to know what to do. Uh, really, you're working banks and cover. So... It can be a trick, especially floating when you can't get to all the cover. You're just kind of picking a lane and working it. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I, I will admit I'm a little sad that it's raining because it was finally perfect. <laughs> oh, so irritating. But you know what? That's what happens, man. That that really sucks. I know it affects all of us outdoorsmen very heavily this time of year when we get the spring rains. Yeah, but at the same time, the food plots are going to be booming. Oh, didn't even think of that. Yep. Smart, smart thinking. Food plots will be booming. The deer are getting all the water and extra nutrition they need right now. So horn growth is going to be good. There's nothing worse than drought conditions when they're growing. At the end of the day, I can't complain because it's going to lead to a good fall. Maybe it'll keep them them uh, the riders and the uh, you know the protesters in with all this rain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As many fires as being set, it, it'll evaporate the rain before it hits the ground. Yeah, true to that. True to that. Uh, well, speaking of, on a positive note, we do have a giveaway. We're giving away two five-pound bags of any seed uh, deer call for your food plotting. So 
don't forget to get over to Instagram and our Facebook over there and um, enter to win. Uh, it's just a simple like, share, and tag three friends. So right. uh, go and check that out on our social media. That's going to end on Monday, um, right before the podcast on Monday. Nice. So I just wanted to get that out there. And also, if you haven't already, please go over to our YouTube page and subscribe to their YouTube and also a five-star review on our iTunes. But just got to say it. I know it's getting kind of redundant, but I just want to let you know. No, no. I, th- I I greatly appreciate it personally. And uh, for the listeners out there, we really greatly appreciate it because it helps driving this thing forward. And it helps us keep pushing this to bring you new content, fresh content, and uh, get it out there to the world. And so, new giveaways. Yeah. The, it seems like every week we're giving something away. I have so many giveaways still. <laughs> yeah. We, we almost have a backlog of giveaways. So uh, the more you share this, the more shit we can give away. That's right. So, so man, what do, you, what do you got planned for this big weekend coming up? You got a lot of rain coming or what? Yeah, with uh, the way it's looking right now, I think we're going to have afternoon rains pretty much <laughs> through the weekend. Go figure. Uh, Saturday, it's going to die off earlier. We'll have Saturday afternoon and Sunday to do stuff. Uh, right now, I really think we're just going to spend some time scouting, shooting the bows, uh, making sure cameras are where they need to be. And there's not much else we can really be doing right now. Uh, we can get on the river and do a little bit of river work, but it, it's going to be rough. You know, it's those four or five fish days. So it's almost disheartening, but a day on the river is not a bad day regardless. So absolutely, we'll just have to kind of play it as it comes and see. Absolutely. And my, me, myself, um, I'm back on the charter boat and I got a charter tomorrow. Uh, it looks like I got a double. I got a morning trip, striper trip, and then I got a night striper trip. And then Saturday, Sunday, I'll be on the head boat um, doing um, striper trips also. So it looks like my weekend's pretty much busy, and that's what it seems to be for the rest of my life. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's face it. Getting paid to be out on the water and catch fish, help people catch fish, could be worse. It could be way worse, man. But I'm really looking forward to the deer season. So once fishing season's over, then we get back into the deer season, and that's what it's all about, man. I, you know, hanging cameras and getting ready to do that. That's that's kind of like my time right now, man. In between trips, for sure. Well, so. we've really had a uh, pretty eventful afternoon. You think we oh. ought to let everybody tune in? You think? I mean, we could. Yeah, we're, we're we're talking to a good friend of ours. Uh, let's let's get out let's get out on that limb. Well, well, we we can. We'll definitely do that. But first, we need to run through a list of people we got to thank. All right. First off, uh, a big huge thank thanks to um, the Bowfishing Magazine, <laughs> Mister Nick Sampson. Uh, he's going to be. Um, I'm, he's, he's number one on the list for thanking, uh, to, for the support of the show. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, but if you guys haven't checked them out, please go over and check them out, uh, bowfishingmagazine.com and, uh, look at his new bowfishing magazine. Uh, you can also find him at mob squad outdoors. 
um, Pennsylvania native, uh, huge supporter of the podcast, and he does a lot for us. So just make sure you go over and check him out. Also, Nor'easter Game Calls. Get him in close. Go and check him out. Nor'eastergamecalls.com. Get your custom game calls. Your new Evolution Series grunt tube. Your All your crazy, who knows what mastermind Mark is doing in the shop with all of his turkey pot calls and all that good stuff that he's got going on. Check him out. NorEasterGameCalls.com. Also, Wild Edge. Wild Edge Inc., the leader in mobile hunting. Um, they Stay tuned to them. Check them out on all of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth, uh, even their group on Facebook called Saddle Up. They got something really cool, big coming this weekend. Um, get on their social media and check it out. They're doing a little bit of advertising extras, so make sure and go check them out. Broadside Camo broadsidecamo.com use promo code outdoor drive um to save yourself some when you spend a little bit you get a little bit so uh go and check out their sender series sweatshirt the newest sender series itself um the versa the versa light he's got a lot with that you know uh what, what would that be called steven that picture it photo realism photorealism that's what it is picture realism photorealism uh camouflage <laughs> we know what Something you mean else. Yeah, it's it's insane, dude. I, I'm really excited to get up in the tree and get in that saddle with my broadside camo. So go and check them out, broadsidecamo.com. Also, Wicked and Twisted Bowstrings, wickedandtwistedbowstrings.com, uh, Trader Jans. Um, go and check them out on their social media platforms, Instagram and Facebook also. They're doing a huge giveaway right now. Um, as I had mentioned in the last podcast, uh, for you that haven't heard about it, make sure you go and check them out. Use the promo code outdoor drive 10 save yourself 10 percent on wicked and twisted bowstrings she's running the bcy strings and also the bloodlines so go and check her out uh death wish coffee death wish coffee.com fueled by death and fueled by death cast with amazing jeff if you haven't go and Get yourself some. It is literally cracking a cup. Um, you can get your K-Cups, your beans, your grinds, um, and also your cold brews. So for these summer, these warm summer mornings, the cold brews are where they at. Just snap them back like a little uh, you know, Red Bull can. They're perfect for the go, um, especially getting on them morning fishing trips after them long nights. I need me myself a, a cold brew. Go and check out. Um, who am I missing? Oh, Hunter Sight, huntersight.com. Um, the algorithm, the journal to your hunting season. Now's the time to be logging a lot of that stuff. You can get on there, you can check out, um, and put in all of your pictures and uh, really, really get that algorithm and that journal going for you. Um, we are actually going to have Bryce Stone on on Monday, uh, the 8th. He's scheduled to come on, so you guys can hear a little bit more about that. So did I forget anybody? Because I always do that. <laughs> no, man. I I think from my end, I think you got it all pretty well covered. Good. That's what I'd like to hear. And if you haven't already, keep on listening because we're about to get out on the limb. Yes, sir. Well, with that being said, let's roll right into it.
Stacked, stacked, stacked. Welcome back. We got the man, Mr. Matt Garris, on the phone from Out on the Limb. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Yeah, how about y'all? We're doing well, good. man. We're hanging in. Yeah. Hanging in. <laughs> yeah. It's just nice How's to be back. How's yours hanging? Yeah. <laughs> well, you want the details, slogans. it'll cost you a little that's, bit. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my slogans on my overhead camera arm. How's yours hanging? I got T-shirts made up. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Well, why don't we turn this key, get this thing underway? Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and, and what you do, Matt? I am Matt Garris. I reside in Enid, Oklahoma. Redneck Bill. Uh, build tree stands slash saddle hunting products uh, seven days a week. That's awesome. So, 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 uh, you you obviously are the owner and operator of um, Out on the Limb Manufacturing. Yes, um, how long have you guys been in business uh, doing that? And, and what kind of stuff do you do? Because you're very innovative when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, we're on our sixth season from tree, the tree stand aspect. Uh, second year in saddle hunting. Uh, have four or five platforms, six different camera arms. One, two, four different tree stands. For anywhere from lock-ons, I have a patent on some uh, ladder stands as well. I got a patent on a lock-on, patent on the overhead camera arm, and a few other patents pending. Nice. And then, then you just won a huge award this year at the ATA for something yes, also. Was, dude, that that was so crazy. You know, I've been going to the ATA that. That was my sixth year. And we are like, the first year we went there, we thought we were big dogs, right? We get there and we're not even noticed. We just blend in that way. I mean, you didn't even know we had a booth. Well, last year we still just had a 10 foot booth. I've got as high as 20 foot booths there and they cost you four grand. It's, I mean, it's just money wasted. I've never made a sale at ATA, right? And uh, anyway, this year we're there. We signed up for the new release product. Just thought we would try it with the sticks, with the scars. Uh, they did a little video interview the day before the show started. Set had us set up in a cabinet up in the hallway. Were you there, Trevor? Yeah, I was there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you was there. Uh, we set set our sticks up in a in a exhibit deal up in the main hall. And that was on Thursday, and they told us. I thought the competition was on Friday. Well, they. They did all the judging on Thursday while there was no public. It was all vendor, not vendors, but uh, retailers, I guess you'd say. Right. Uh, I don't think they allowed any media in or anything. Well, no, not until Friday. Th- yeah, Thursday night, evening, you know, it's about quitting time. A lady comes up to me, and she said, are you mad? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, I just want to congratulate you. You won gold, gold award in the new product category. I said, excuse me? She said, you... <laughs> You won gold award. I said, are you shitting me? I, I was just like that, you know. She said, no, really. I said, well, I guess that's what we came here for. You know, I just, <laughs> and 
it, it was probably one of the proudest moments in my life. That's awesome, uh, man. But I didn't know how to take it. You know, I've never done anything like that before. Well, now you have. Yeah, ATA, yeah, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a huge deal, especially for someone that's innovative and and with their special innovative section and so on and so forth. Like that's a that's a very big deal. And everybody yeah. who's anybody at, at in this industry is is there. Yeah, I was even told later, you know, we went to Shot Show from there, but we weren't in the actual show. We were in a showcase thing on the second floor. But I was told that the shikars were the talk of the shot show. Which really? I, I didn't really walk through the shot show, really. But from ATA, I mean, it traveled from ATA to the shot show. The gossip did. Oh, yeah. Wow. So why, why don't you take everybody through kind of what what the sticks are and, and kind of like how they work and so on and so forth? Okay. The Shikar sticks, we have several models. They start 17-inch, 20-inch, 22-inch. We just recently recently released a 10-inch Shikar, which is mini. It's just a single step. A lot of you guys are using that as a vehicle for their aiders, for one sticking and things like that. Uh, right. They're very lightweight. A 17-inch stick weighs a pound and a half. They're made of 5.8 solid stock square aluminum, 6061 T6. I've got 3.8 thick steps and half-inch thick uh, standoffs. Our standoffs have kind of got us a lot of notoriety, I guess, just because, I mean, you can literally go up to the tree, slam it up against the tree, and it'll stay there. I mean, the standoffs are that sharp. I designed the standoffs where they'll fit from a baseball size tree up to as big a tree as you want to get in. So they're very functional in, in any aspect, be it tree stand hunting or saddle hunting. I've been in a tree the size of a softball where it's, it's, if it's windy, you know, it sits there and waves in the wind. <laughs> yes, sir. And it's, it's just, they bite really well. And they are yeah. double step. Go ahead. Oh no no no! I I just I was just gonna say that I've I've held on to them and and you know with the they're just they're they're different than anything that you've seen out there for sticks. Yeah, I mean, it's, I've you know I've I've been not really accused, but I've been talked to about copying things, and I promise you, I never copy a thing. And these sticks are unlike any stick on the market. You know that. They may fold like some other sticks, but they're not like any other stick out there. I don't think that there's any stick out there that compares to it as far as the how light they are um, and, and the versatility. I mean, not even with the steps, but you also have like a, a mini platform that you can actually put on top of the sticks. Correct. Yeah, that's an option. It's, it's the Scout, which from the Scout derived the Solo Scout. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Yep, I've seen it. Yep. Have you? Okay. Yeah, we just released it, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, been I a very, not. very good seller. I haven't seen it in person, but I did see it, you know, over social media and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of videos out on it. Yeah, that was one thing that uh, you didn't have at Iowa when we were casing your right. joint, running through everything. Right. And and, yeah. and I like, I, I'm a big fan of the Scout personally. I like the concept behind it especially for a guy who moves a lot, bounces through the woods, you know, instead of carrying an additional platform, it's already right there on the stick. As long as you remember to put that as your top stick, you're good to go. Right. 
you know, and it, it was it was really cool. And, and like you were talking about the the standoff and the way you had all that set up, it, it's unique in a way that it really doesn't matter what kind of tree you got on, like you alluded to. You can literally set this up, and no matter what, you have room to step. You know, your foot's not in the yeah. tree. You're not. Your toes aren't touching the tree as you're trying to get on. Regardless of the size, you've got room. That's one thing I, have, I really liked. Yeah, I have noticed that on some other sticks that I've seen coming out on the market. They're very tight to the tree. They stack great, but they're very tight to the tree. And that's what I, you know, I've got a lot of buddies that are three and 400 pounds and they want some foot room. And that's kind of, you know, kept them in mind when we, when we designed the stick. I think it was a brilliant move. That, that's one thing that I really nitpick on with sticks. When you put them on a tree and you go to step on, you know, is the tree kicking me back off the stick or not? Yeah. You got to point your toes out, and that's never good, especially right. when, you're, when you're using aiders because you want to dig your toe into the tree. So your mind, if you're climbing sticks, your, your mind already telling your foot to point out. Well, when you go to take the next, next one with the aider, uh, and you put your foot sideways, you're liable to kick out the aider. For sure. Well, that, and then for those who like to go, you know, ninja style, when you step up on one that's right up against a tree and your toe's scraping yeah. down the bark, you're yeah. creating that much more noise as you go up. True. With yours, that's really not an issue because you got all the room in the world. Yeah, there's, I've had some big guys with like size 16 feet, you know, say there's not quite enough room, but what is, what do you do? I've, I've had guys ask me to build longer standoffs, but I'm pushing the limit for the hardware. I mean, we use all grade eight hardware, but if you don't set that stick right, uh, you do, you can take a chance of, of being in a standoff, especially with the uh, Amsteel. Uh, when they use the daisy chains and stuff, the the standoffs bite so well so if you try to pull the stick down with both standoffs touching they actually bite before the rope ever gets tight right and then when you step your weight up on it it puts too much pressure on the on the standoff instead of the rope so i'm a fan of using i use the mini straps that we sell and tie it like a rope mod uh if you just remember to pull out on that bottom standoff and slide it down I haven't had any problems, but I have had a couple guys bend bolts and, you know, they tell me it's their fault. They realize what they done after they did it, but it's just a matter of the standoff biting so well. And that's, that's a good safety thing. I was going to say, that's not a problem. <laughs> no, that's a, yeah. that sounds like a solution. <laughs> I mean, nine times out of 10, when you take your, your, your rope mod off the stick stays on the tree you don't got to catch it you know when you're climbing down you basically got to pull it off the tree right yeah now i can't believe just how light they are though you know like so yeah. if you do four sticks so four sticks would probably what would you say matt that would get you how high in the tree probably with no? i use the mike isabel's uh versator and i can get yep. 20 foot with four sticks pretty easy wow without yeah. stretching real hard now i can get higher than that if, if i stretch out right and, and the way you have them built to stack it, it's actually a light load going in you can pretty much get anywhere and you really don't notice the weight because let's yeah. face it those guys that sit there and say they're counting ounces are full of shit exactly at the they end of the pounds. day either the setup fits and carries comfortably or it doesn't and yours the way it stacks 
you can pretty much lay that onto almost any setup and it's not going to make a difference. Right. Yeah, you're six well, you're- pounds carrying four 17s. And I try to push the 17s personally. Uh, I get a lot of people that order 20s. 20s are second best seller. 22s, I mean, we sell some, but probably eight to one 17s versus 22s and probably five to one 17s versus 20s. I can believe that. After getting hands-on with them and playing with them on the pole there at your booth there in Iowa, uh, just really settled in how much versatility you could put that to. Some of the spots that I hunt and, and just picturing trees I've gone up, I've literally looked at them and gone, man, that would have been useful. You know, because yeah. you can set it on those sections of trees that are warped or twisted and still get that fit because you're not dealing with, you know, a 22 to a 28 inch stick that it's like, crap, now I got to twist this thing and it's hanging off the freaking branch. So, it, I'll it's, tell you another thing the Solo Scout that we just released, it's 10 inches wide. I've seen two different people, three different people, using a multi step aider. And they tie it on the sides of the of the solo, so it's like climbing a ladder. And they're that's their method of getting up in the. They're using their platform as a climbing device, as a vehicle for their aiders, and that's all they're climbing with. I don't know if you've seen that video or not. It's I don't even know the kid's name. I've never seen him before. No, I've never seen that video. That's insane. That that doesn't even so. So he's literally that's that's how he's getting up the tree. That's his vehicle. That's all he carries in, and that that solo weighs a pound and a half, and is it's an Amsteel aider, so it doesn't weigh anything. I think it's a three or a four step aider. He reaches up and puts the the scout solo on the tree as high as he can reach, and he just climbs it like a ladder, hooks his tether up, leans back, raises it up. He's four moves. He was probably 20 feet. Wow. And it didn't look like he was working real hard. You know, single sticking is, it's a little bit of work. It looks to me like I've never done it personally, but I've watched it. But this was, I mean, you had to work to set it just a little bit, but it wasn't like you were fighting it like you do with with a one stick method. Wow. That's crazy. I'm going to have to check that out. That's definitely something really cool. Not 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 for me the bigger guy, but it's definitely something to definitely look at. Yeah, for if you if you're, you know, going way back in there and you want you want a, the weight you carry out to be animal, you might as well, you know, carry a pound and a half in versus 10. Absolutely. For sure. By the time you get your your sticks and your platform, you're 10 pounds. Even with the light stuff. I, four of my sticks are six pounds, and the say Ridge Runners just under four. It's three and a half. So you know you're at ten pounds right there. Wow. Yeah, and that's wicked light. That's that's insanely light. I mean, not to knock on any of the other brands, but a lot of them are. It's heavy, man. Um, I've ran a couple different other sticks, and they're just. It's it's a lot of work. They're big. Um, they're hard to strap to the backpack, especially if you're hiking far. Um, anything over probably quarter mile eighth of a mile it gets a little bit too much it gets a little bit ridiculous carrying some full-size sticks in there and they're heavy and you have them strapped to your backpack and they're pulling against you so it's almost too much my biggest thing with the longer sticks and the reason why i was really drawn to these is when you're going through say mountain laurel or 
you know, some switchgrass or something like that, trying to get to where you're going, those longer sticks tend to have a, a way of hanging up on pretty much everything you walk by. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. these, you know, they're going to be the same size as your backpack or your whatever you're carrying in, and they're not going to hang up. Yeah, a lot of the bat the batwing backpacks you can actually keep them tucked in. Exactly. And so, so you you started talking about the Ridge Runner. Why don't you go through some of your platforms and the platforms that you make? Okay, we we started out with the podium. Actually, we started out with the beaver tail, which you like. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Bring that, it back. Bring it hey, back. <laughs> hey, I've got a new. I was talking to Andrew Walter. Yep. Uh, month month or so ago, and he had a heck of an idea, and we're. Beaver tail is coming back, but it's going to be a little different. Okay. Uh, I love it. But the beaver tail was first, then the podium, which we still sell a lot of podium. I built 12 of them last week. Uh, Podium's three pounds, 16 by nine platform to where the Ridge Runner's three and a half pounds at 16 by eight inch or eight and a quarter platform. Same basic size. Just the Ridge Runner is a little more beefed up. It'll take more weight. We actually pull tested it consecutively to 800 pounds to where we just did the podium at 600. And I, you know, I've destroy tested some too. And if you put 800 on the podium, you'd probably bend it. Either uh, way, Trev, you're safe. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're safe. <laughs> uh, we've been kicking around an XL. Uh, I know some of you've seen my dog platform. Uh, yep. Actually rebuilt that and sold it to uh, Jared Pugia. Pugia, I, I call him Pugia, but I'm yeah. not real sure how to pronounce his name, honestly. <laughs> but he's a very good follower of ours. In fact, we just we made him an ambassador yesterday or day before. Congrats uh, to him. He uh, he really works hard at at promoting our products, even though I mean he's bought everything he's got. Uh, Jared's one of them guys that traveled from Pennsylvania to Oklahoma before New Year's. He, he Well, he called me and asked me if I'd go in partners on a stand. I thought, man, I, I can't do that. I've, I've been down that road. But if you want to stand and you want to make the trip, I'll take time out of my schedule and we'll build you a custom stand. He said, really? Said, yeah. So he, he and his girlfriend, wife, I'm not sure if they're married or not, but uh, drove all the way to, from Pennsylvania to Oklahoma, spent three days, three hard days, because the stand he wanted, it was almost impossible to build, but we, we finally did it. Uh, but ever since then, he's just followed us. I mean, he has to, he has a little bit of everything that we make. Is, is he the same one that you were working on that stand right before ATA with? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay. I, I do recall I was that. needing... I was needing to be working on my ATA stuff, but I told him, you know, you make the trip, I'll make the time. So we worked. He showed up on a Saturday, worked Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We worked past midnight Monday. And I think that, was that New Year's Eve or something maybe? It was real close to New Year's. It might have been day after New Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, talking to you on the phone about ATA and you were working on that stand. Yeah, but he still used that. He loves that stand. That's I don't awesome. know if he loves it as much as he does the dog platform. I sent him a new bracket. <laughs> I, you know, I've have so many people wanting that XL stand, but I I don't feel safe 
putting a three, you know, 280, 340 pound guy on something that far away from the tree without cables. Right. Uh, I know it'll test it. I know the Ridge Runner will test 800 and I put 600 on the dog platform before I sent it to him, but it, it tasks that strap so hard. I mean, you're just using a 1500 pound pull strap or Amsteel, whatever they use, but you know, I sent them with a pull strap. Well, I made a bracket two inches longer and sent it to him. And he actually got it day before yesterday and called me. He said, dude, that fixed it. Doesn't pull away from the tree anymore. I took a third of the weight off the strap just by adding that two inches and just gained ounces. Now, your sh- the, the strapping mechanism on your platforms is totally different than anybody else. It's different camming system, yes. Right. And it, and why don't you explain that a little bit? Because that was kind of what sold me when I was using the beaver tail and um, – seeing the other the other platforms because the way that it the cams over is like it locks it right in man and i was nervous you know like when i got handed the beaver tail i'm like yeah right no way dude no way i said i'm 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 touching i'm three fit i was three i was 270 at the time uh almost 300 pounds and with gear you probably were yeah, probably. And I, I get nervous about being on different platforms and different, you know, different things. That's really why I saddle hunt a ton. And then seeing that camming system and how it locked in and how solid they were to the tree, I was like, whoa. Yeah, the beaver tail was actually a ratchet strap, if I remember right. Um, but, but it had the same bracket, but it was, I think it ratchet. It might not have. I don't remember. This one, this one had uh, like a sliding ratchet, sh- not a ratchet strap, but a, just a sliding strap on it. I don't know if yeah, like it, a pull through. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? I think before I shipped it to Garrett, I changed it like the poach. Okay. Because okay. when it, when I had it at ATA, it was just put on with a ratchet strap. I think. Okay. Yeah. The first no, this, first ATA. Yeah. So when Garrett had gave it to me to use, it had uh, it had the pull strap on it. Yeah, probably had the cam system on it. Yep. I forgot about that. And it locked right I, in. I couldn't believe it. And I was bouncing around it. I was side to side. Like I was, I really got really comfortable on it. And I would imagine that, you know, obviously the podium and the Ridge Runner are, are one and the same. When you guys uh, go out and hunt, rut, are you all day sitters or hunters? I, I do on occasion. So if I the situation's what, right, yeah, I'll sit all day. Yeah, I sit all day. Tail, the new beaver tail will change your all-day sit so much in a saddle, it's it's not even going to be funny. Really? I can't wait. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, a con- it's a concept no one's even thought about in saddle hunting. So that's really all I can say about it. Of course. That's fine. Uh, but once <laughs> I get it, uh, and I show when I show it, people are just going to like, why didn't I think of that? It's It's that simple. But it's... It's so relaxing. Is all I can really say about it. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. To be honest with you, I think I got a I got a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So every time we've compared platforms, Trev goes, "I like this one. I like this one. I like this one." But nothing compares to that original Beaver Tail. And and I and never was, got to get on it. So I'm interested to see how this comes out. That is a one of a kind. That Beaver Tail. That's the only one ever made. 
And I'll tell you, with the beaver tail, man, that thing slips right into the backpack. It fits in the backpack. Like, there's no strapping yeah. it to nothing. There's no, you don't know worries of anything. You literally can put it right inside of your backpack and go. So you figure with the sticks, with your sticks, and with the beaver tail, I mean, you're 10 pounds and everything is concealed inside your backpack. For all, us that hike up these mountains through this thick, um, you know, th- through the thick mountain laurels and the CRPs and all this other stuff, it's 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 a game changer. I haven't uh, shown it to the public yet, but I had a guy send me an ambush mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, well, about a month ago, actually. I just finished it yesterday. Well, I'm not even finished with it yet, but I got it built yesterday. But he likes my camming system, but he but he liked that ambush platform. But he, I don't know if you saw that one video going around where you step towards the backside of the ambush and it'll fold up on you. Oh, no, I haven't. All, we took all that out. Uh, I, I need to get it powder coated tomorrow. Matter of fact, and get it sent to the guy. I told him I'm gonna send it to him, let him see what he thinks before I even charge him for it. Right. But, uh, it. I put the same bracket that I put on that I sent Jared for his dog platform, but mm. cha- it had to change it a little bit, you know, to adapt it to that ambush platform. But I think the guy's gonna really like it. And that's one thing with you, man. You just stay innovative and you're constantly changing stuff. I mean, even as far as going along with your camera arms, um, I know with with them you're you're constantly changing. Like you changed your the the standoffs that go onto the tree from three to four. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that was a pretty unique upgrade. And I really, as soon as you see it and you compare it, it made sense. What was that on the the mount for the reach? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that new one works a lot. But it's a little, a couple ounces heavier, but not enough to. The gain you get is worth the, the weight you gained. I got a and, and new it, arm. I'm working on. Why don't you go into and, and, and name off and, and tell a little bit about each camera arm? Because you have a bunch of them. Um, and I know that there's a lot six. of people that are self, self-filming, self and they probably really want to know about these things. Okay, yeah. Our, probably our least expensive arm is the CA-1. It's a two-jointed inch-and-a-quarter square tube arm. Fairly uh, stout. Uh, it's nothing like our CA-2, but for an introductory arm it's a great arm it's not heavy it's all aluminum i don't know the weights offhand mm-hmm. all of our arms work with our standard camera bracket so you can interchange things out buy it you know if you buy two different arms you have the same amount of work on both of them so you could leave mounts and trees take whatever arm you're comfortable with i personally like the zero 360 for self-filming but it just doesn't work real well out of a saddle now I did recently build a mini 360 that I sent to a guy to test, uh, Brett Pinkley, I believe. And he, he is loving it because the thing about the zeros, they have absolutely no bounce. I mean, none, you can't make it bounce. So for your, when I designed the 360, that's what it was for, was for professional videographers. But it's just so hard to get people to change their mindset. They've been using muddy arms so long, you know, fourth arrow. So you know, fourth arrow is a great arm, but it has some bounce, quite a right. bit of bounce on any of them. Uh, that's one thing I liked about my CA2 and CA3s. They were good heavy duty arms, lightweight, but had little to zero bounce. You could run the, the 
FS7s, you know, the big body, full bodied cameras on them without a problem. Well, then last year when we stepped into the saddle world, uh, I'd met Garrett at uh, Pennsylvania a couple years previous when I came out with the 360. And Garrett's always been a very good advocate of ours. He's, we just kind of clicked. Well, when we were at Iowa last year, or two years ago, when I introduced the perch to Drew, and that's where that relationship began, I had the Mini 360 with me, but it really wasn't working right. It was a prototype. And Garrett just told me, you know, you ought to come up with a little arm. So I said, well, let me go to the shop, and I'll build, build what I have in mind, and then we'll put our heads together and see what we come up with. So that's that's where the reach came from. Uh, I built it, we done some tweaks that, that Garrett wanted to see in them. The, the little three-legged mount was our biggest hardship, I guess you'd say, that people didn't really like. I got it to work fine, but when you design it, you know how, you know all the tricks to them, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So we, so we had to kind of make it a little more foolproof. So I did the C-Channel this year. We've sold a few replacements, but all the new arms come with the C-Channel brace, and it, it's just a little more solid. Uh, you don't get, you will get some bounce with a, with a larger camera, fully extended, but when it's used the way it was designed for saddle hunting, you don't really get any bounce at all. If you're using a tree stand to where you gotta stretch it out, you'll get a little bounce. Uh, so that's the CA1, CA2, CA3, 0360, the Mini 360, the Reach. And we also have a backpack unit for the 360s. It's where you, could, you can run your camera on, on your back. Wow. That's cool. That's wild. <laughs> Man. And dudes, what's the crazy part about all this? My company consists of two people, myself and Chase. I do 90% of the welding. I just hired a welder uh, a couple weeks ago. He's been coming in the evenings. He's one of our ambassadors. Uh, so that's taken a lot of load off me. So I do form out the Ridge Runner platform itself. It's my design, and I got a company in Texas that, that cuts the pieces and welds them together for us. And then we we assemble them and build the brackets and powder coat the brackets at our shop. Everything else we pretty much build in-house, other than the machine work. We, we farm our machine work out. Yeah, it's a, and I, my hands touch probably every single product that goes out. And you're constantly mm-hmm. working and building and, and innovating oh. and coming out with new things. And Do you guys follow our dailies, any? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's every day. I mean, I, and I try to, I know it's boring for a lot of people, but sometimes I'll just turn the camera on while I'm working, you know, and try, try to to listen or read the comments and stuff as I go, but it slows my work and it, it makes me, it causes a few mistakes every now and I forget to put a nut on a shikar stick or something. You believe I had a guy from New York, their, their quarter 20 standard grade eight lock nuts. You can buy at Ace Hardware. And I left two of them off on his sticks and I, I had to send him lock nuts. It costs more for the damn stamp than the nuts cost. Oh, oh and, yeah. And take and take three or four days to get there. 
Well, enough enough with the business side of everything. Why don't we get into a little bit more about you, Matt, and let everyone kind of know what the hell is going on with you, man. So you not only are the innovative um, saddle hunting, you know, with the with the arms and the platforms and all this good stuff that you know everyone should obviously go and check out, but you also did really well in the North American Whitetail Challenge. Yes, actually, I won uh, my region this year. I entered it for two years. Last year, I didn't shoot anything. This year, I actually shot two. Shot a very nice buck in October. Uh, called to turn it in, and then I'm thinking to myself, you know, I just got this new property, and you've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I called the North American Whitetail Championship, and I said, you know, I'm going to decline turning this one in, and I'm going to take my take a gamble on getting something bigger. Well, then I, end of December, I ended up shooting that big one. Wow. Which it, I only won by an inch, though, <laughs> according to, the, I had seven inches on him when we turned in our own score, but when we had him officially scored, his grew and mine shrunk. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> well, an inch makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. You see the pictures of them side by side, you're like, how in the hell? But anyway, it was an inch difference, but I ended up winning the Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas region, which puts me in the championship in Kansas in September, a black powder hunt for 50 grand. That's going to be awesome. So I think that's like a one in 16 chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So why don't you take us kind of through like what it, what it takes to be in the whitetail challenge and then kind of like what happened on that hunt? Well, basically chase is the one that told me about it last year so hey we ought to join this so we we i joined it. he didn't really want to he didn't really have the money it's i think it's three or four hundred dollars to join it but you get that much equipment so if you need equipment anyway it's not really an investment you know what i mean but uh you got to abide by the by your state's rules in fact i had that deer that i won with come out two nights prior at 501 and legal light was five. It was a full moon. I could see it just fine, but I knew I was filming the hunt. So I, all I could do was watch it. Right. Uh, and then t- two days later, he decides to come out 30 minutes early. So he got capped. <laughs> there you go. You have to, you have, cause they give you a tactic cam with your entry and you have to actually yes. get the whole entire hunt on, on film. Yeah. That's another thing. When you get to your hunting property, you're supposed to interview yourself once you get in the tree, you're supposed to interview yourself and video your surroundings, you know, a shot of what you can see. You have to have the shot on film. You have to have the recovery on film. And then you have to have the measuring on film. That's all got to be done with the tactic cam, which the first one, a matter of fact, I run a video camera and the tactic cam. Well, I didn't know how to operate that cam. Evidently, the first deer I shot, I didn't have it on tactic cam, but I had it on video camera. So they were going to allow it. But I kind of, I've kind of felt bad anyway on that deal because it really wasn't going exactly by the rules. It was on film, but it wasn't on their tactic cam. So, right. I, I'm kind of glad I that could have got me DQ'd. I don't know. So the second time I had it on both video camera, tactic cam, the whole works. And and what did that deer end up scoring? One sixty-eight. Oh, is that all? I wanted to. I wanted. I knew I had a 200 inch deer, but I didn't. <laughs> 160 plus inch buck out here. 
shit we'd all fall over be ready for that yeah and don't let matt don't let matt trick you he 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 takes some very very good deer so you would say he's accomplished he very accomplished i try to take something larger each time this one's gonna be hard to beat it can be beat i know i mean because it's not 200 inch my goal is a 200 inch deer with a bow that's a 100 percent bow hunt i haven't picked up a rifle in probably 20 years uh i just don't care to i i want to shoot with i ought to try to you know longbow or recurve or something because i mean I, that's, a, that's how much i love it but i've never had the opportunity to shoot those bows i've always had a compound so awesome wow that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to hear about, you know, the whitetail challenge when you go and you do it, the muzzleloader hunting. It's what Kansas, right? Yeah, because yeah. you know, I don't, I don't even know if I can shoot a damn gun. <laughs> You're gonna have to get uh, <laughs> lessons up front. How do I work this thing? Yeah, you know, I'm my attic, and I'm. It's stupid because yeah, I don't think you're supposed to keep guns in the attic, but all my guns are laying in my attic, covered with dust. I used to have them covered up with a blanket, but it's got moved over the years. <laughs> They've literally been in the attic for 20 years. I got a pistol in my truck, but if you ask me to get it right now, I don't know where it's at. It's in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you were telling me, you had a brand new muzzleloader, and you've never even fired it. Yeah, I've got to. Uh, I want it at a, a uh, friend, friend's NRA banquet. It's a stainless steel thompson center pro hunter got the exchangeable barrels and stuff got a bullet drop compensating camouflage scope on it i fired it i shot a doe with it that year's all it's been shot crazy that's awesome that's not i shot that doe at 200 yards oh wow Wow, that's an impressive shot it's a badass gun that's awesome. Now you were telling us before we had gone live here that uh, you you you're you're a man of many trades and you do something really cool that we've never talked about before. Does a little bit of uh, hand fishing, right? Oh yeah, noodling is probably my favorite pastime. So much so that you even and I'll mark this down. You actually almost prefer this over whitetail. Yes, I do. I mean, it, it's it's such an adrenaline rush. Uh, I bet. <laughs> well, we had a fish. I I did it live uh, Sunday. We were literally on that fish for over an hour. He was just too far out of range, couldn't reach him. And you're really not even supposed to use a stick, I don't think. You definitely can't use a hook. But, you know, we, we tried to put, irritate him with the stick because they weren't really aggressive yet. And I finally, after an hour, I finally got him close enough to the hole where I could get a hold of him. Well, it ended up being a blue cat, which are a little harder to get anyway because their their mouth structure is so much different. But we ended up getting two blues out of that one hole. Wow! Had the fir- got the first one on video. It's on live, but I caught so much hell because I'm not. Uh, what's that gal's name? Something Baron. Hannah. <laughs> good old Hannah. Hannah Baron. Yeah. I didn't look as good as Hannah Baron, so I was catching hell, and my fish wasn't as big as hers. So. <laughs> well, so she's I, also so I, having a killer season. Yeah. If, if, if y'all was making fun of me, I'm just going to shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to see it. Keep it going, Matt. So what does yeah. it, like, entail? Like, what do you – what kind of, like what, – what do you do? Like, what, what, I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never done such well, a thing. Where we were at uh, was a little lake, city lake called Perry Lake, Perry, Oklahoma. And it's got a lot of natural rock formations in it. 
and they're hollow underneath. You know, a lot of them's hollow underneath. They're like big slab rocks. Well, the fish get in there and they, with their tails, you know, they fan all that out to where it's good and clean. And you know when it's when it's time because you stick your hand back in a hole and it's not muddy. It's 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 clean. So okay. you know there's been fish in the hole at least. Well, they usually that slab might be eight foot long. So you can't, you know, my arm's roughly two and a half foot long. I'd say it's all scarred up because I was reaching in that deep just to touch him. And when they're not aggressive or not on eggs, they don't care about you. I mean, they just swim away. So you got to prod them a little bit and get them agitated. And they'll take it. A blue cat will hit you like three times in a row. Just bam, bam, bam. You know, when you see the tip of your rod, that's how they hit your hand. It's just three, three big hits. The flathead. He'll normally come out and just hit you once and back up. Uh, but I've, I've been hit so hard by a blue cat that it actually jammed your finger just like when you play basketball. Wow. It, oh, yeah. they've. I've, I've actually almost got a black eye from being too far up in a hole and the fish trying to come out. <laughs> because when you, they're just like any other animal. When you corner them, they, you know, they try to run. Oh, yeah. And they come right for you. <laughs> just just imagine going home and trying to tell the old lady that you got your ass kicked by a blue cat. Yeah. Yes, I've come home so cut up. I mean, because we like creeks better than lakes and rivers. Just, I mean, to me, we just have better luck. But, man, there's so much debris and car bodies and you name it. It's in some of these creeks around here. You know, farmers just shove that stuff off, keep the banks from washing out. Exactly. And it's all rusted up, cut. I mean, I've I've been lanced open. Probably the worst I've ever been lanced open was by zebra mussels, though. Remember they those? are the worst. Dude, you stick your arm up in a hole and there's zebra mussels stuck to the ceiling, it will rip you up. Especially if you get hit by a fish, because your first reaction, especially new, when a fish bites you is to pull out. And... That's the worst thing you can do. You just, I mean, just it doesn't hurt. It just scares you. you. Just reach in there and let him hit you. And then when he hits you, you just grab a hold of him, or? Well, no, they'll hit you a couple times, and then you'll go in there. A flathead, you can, they got kind of an underbite, you might say. Their bottom lip sticks out farther than their top. So you just rub on their teeth on the bottom, and they'll open their mouth. They think it's a fish swimming against them, I guess. And then <laughs> just grab on. The thing about a <laughs> thing about a catfish when their eyes break water, when they come out of the water, that's when play. the fight's on. Oh yeah, the the first big fish I caught was my first year noodling. I caught a forty two pound flathead. Jeez. We go to this place. It's called uh, Marshall Marshall Falls is the name of it. It's a a man made waterfall. It's where the city of Marshall used to get their water back in the old days. They don't anymore. So it's the waterfall goes into this big old basin. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's my favorite place to go noodling. It's all Volkswagen side boulder rocks. Every year, those rocks seem to move because the water rushes through there so much when the, when the when it gets up. Well, no one's supposed to be on this property. It's a buddy of mine. I'm the only person that can hunt his properties. He's got that's used to be the only place I hunted was his properties. But anyway, we go in the back way. Well, we get back there to the falls, and there's these two guys sitting in lawn chairs. And I'm saying, I said, I don't know about you guys, but I got permission to be here, and I'm fixing to fuck your fishing up because I'm getting in the water. And they just look at me and say, they say, they ain't biting anyway. So this is no bullshit. 
I go right underneath where they got their lines hanging, swim up underneath this rock ledge, and I come out with a 42-pound flathead. These guys, eyes got so big. They get they they got there on boat. They came down the creek on a boat, so they got in their boat and left. But this fish, this is when I knew when their eyes break water, they go crazy. But I, I'm bringing him out. I got a buddy named Chuck. He's 6'5", 300 pounds, big burly guy. And the water was over my head where I was at. Well, I got, I'm fighting him. I got my head above water. I said, Chuck, pull me out because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap my legs around him. So I wrapped my legs around my fish. I got both hands. He's already sprung one of my wrists. And I just go to the bottom and wait. Chuck grabs my shoulders, pulls me out. You know, it's 42-pound flathead pissed off. It's a pretty good fight. <laughs> but, uh. That was my biggest fish. I've caught two or three 40-some pounders. Everything, most of the fish we catch around here is our 20s, sometimes a 30. The ones we caught last week were like 12 to 15. And so what do you do with them when you get them? Are they good eating? Like, Oh, flathead is probably next to walleye oh. in, in my book. Whoa. To me, it's talking. crappie walleye, crappie walleye, flathead. Blue cat, I give those away. I'll flay them up and just give them to friends. I mean, because it's good eating, but it's flathead is white, fluffy meat. I mean, okay, it's snow white meat. You cut the, you know, the the vein, the main vein out. the The belly on a flathead, which you don't find on blue cats or channel cats. I mean, it'll be a inch and a quarter thick, oh, eight inch diameter steak. When you, if you cut it out right, it's just a right. big old flat piece of white meat. So, Trev, in comparison, a blue cat is kind of like a striped bass in your world. Oh, striped trash. Yes. You know, there you go. Blue cats are not the top of the list. You get them, they're cool, they're fun, they're a good fight, but it's not yeah. what you want to go to if you're trying to have a gourmet meal. I get what you're saying. Not yeah, I mean, with, with the striped bass, they're everywhere. Everyone eats them. They say they're the greatest, but there's way better fish out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the difference between a white cat and a blue cat, a blue cat will eat anything. They'll eat dead shit. Literally. Okay. A, flathead, a flathead will only eat live bait. They're, uh, I mean, they'll eat live perch, live crawdads. I mean, that's their diet. They eat live. So naturally, their meat's going to be better. Right. Yeah, because they're not eating dead, decaying things. It's what they're, what they're right. taking in. Right. So it's so in comparison that white meat is like a like a bled out walleye. Then you're saying and with that white meat, yeah, walleye's probably better eaten. Okay, but flathead. If you ever get a chance to eat flathead, just cut all. You'll get a little bit of red meat. I I skin them before I fillet them, mm-hmm. and you'll get a little bit of red meat down the center. And I just cut on both sides of that and just leave it out. I mean, the flathead's big enough. You don't you don't got to really worry about wasting meat. Yeah, and just trim it all down to where you just have white meat, and it is some of the best flakiest fish you'll ever eat. That's awesome. Well, I look forward to it, and I look forward to coming down to Noodling and eating it down there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you got to come this time of year. I mean, from in fact, I just just now got a text from a guy. He asked me if I got enough work done because it's going to be beautiful tomorrow, <laughs> which I actually did. I don't think I can ship anything else tomorrow. I need to go See? to Ponca City to the machine shop tomorrow, but I'm going to do that before noon. So then you're going to head out noodling. <laughs> so so what I'm 
Yeah, what I'm hearing is uh, next spring around this time, we need to plan a trip where we come out and film Trev trying to catch one of these things with his hands. <laughs> yep. That, that's what, what I Trev, heard. I've had so many people. Uh, you're, you know Jason Bisbee, right? Yep. <coughs> Jason and Brandon Troncoso, they had a, a Arrow TV a few years ago. Yep. Well, actually, we've got... There's, they did an episode of it. And it was on TV. Oklahoma noodling. They came down. And we took them all over the place. Uh, caught. I got one little honey hole. I mean, if you drove by it on the side of the road, you wouldn't even stop and throw a line in it. It looks. I mean, it just looks like a a hole on the side of the side of the road. It's a low water crossing, and it goes into the Salt Fork River. But it's seven foot deep at the deepest, probably. We have pulled so many fish out of there. In fact, the first time they came down, we caught nothing anywhere we went. We just weren't having a good day. I said, well, we only got one place we can, we're probably guaranteed to get a fish. We caught seven fish out of that hole. And the biggest was probably 40 pounds, smallest 20 pounds. And it's size wise, you could probably park three vehicles in that area. That's as big as the hole is. Jeez. Wow. It's just very people that's lived out there for years. Like when Chase, he grew up out there. He mm-hmm. went noodling with us a couple of years ago. I told him where he's going. He said, "You ain't gonna catch nothing out of here." And there's a tractor tire laying in there. I caught a 42 pound flathead out of that tractor tire. <laughs> see, and that's funny because out here on the Shenandoah, that's one of my go-to's. If I see old car tires or tractor tires laying along the oh, bank yeah. of the river, that's where I'm putting in. You know what really pisses you off, though? When you got them old car bodies and them fucking fish, they roll that wind up and you can't get to them. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, old friend. Touche. There's some people who believe that. (laughs) Some people are probably still wondering what you're talking about. (laughs) That's hilarious. I love it. Oh, man. Fish roll that wind up on me. (laughs) <laughs> I look forward to that. That's that's got to be so much fun. It really does. You know, I, I mean, it's a skittish thing though. It's something you like back of your mind. You're like, nah, no way. I ain't yeah. putting my hand in nothing until you do it one time, and then you're. It's just plum addicting. <sighs> I'll be afraid of getting my. Oh, go ahead. Big Chuck, this buddy I was telling you about. He he only went with us one one or two years, but we're going down Skelton Creek, and I'm walking down. You very seldom get bit by a fish, right? Well, I walked by this deal. Water's pretty murky. You couldn't see that there was an ice chest underwater right there. And something come out and hit my foot. So Chuck, get back here. I said, there's one in here for you. He didn't even get his hand in the water, and that fish come up there and hit him. It, it was so funny to watch that big son of a bitch. No kidding. <laughs> it was like a little girl. That fish bit me. <laughs> no, he said there's a turtle in there is what he said. I knew it wasn't a turtle because he bit my foot. <laughs> I foresee this being the uh, future of Trev come next May. <laughs> oh, dude, it's you'll love it. And we'll have some new places. Most of the places we got, other people don't really go to because we mm-hmm. do. We go to the unorthodox places, I guess you'd say. Most people don't go to creeks because they stink, smell like sewers and shit, but them big fish like it. Oh, yeah. in there. Absolutely. So, Matt, why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you um, and, and anything that you want to leave everybody with? 
Hey, our website, we've got a pretty good web store uh, out on a limb, mfg.com. Uh, my number, my phone number is on my Facebook page. It's on my website. Anyone that has questions, my business phone is my cell phone. Uh, you don't know how many people I'll answer the phone. They say, is this Matt? I say, yeah. I say, man, don't you own the company? Yeah. Well, I didn't figure you'd answer the phone. <laughs> well, when there's just two of you, one of you got answered, and it's my cell phone, so I'm going to answer it. There you I go. I can chase his number out a, a lot now, but it's it's nice to talk to people. And, you know, my conversation might last 30 minutes to an hour with just a, a stranger that wants to know a little bit about our products. Right. Uh, I try to treat treat everybody the same. I've had a couple. We had a little deal day before yesterday, I think. Someone was kind of bashing us about our customer service wasn't very good. And I saw, read that, and I said, I don't know who you talk to, but I don't think you can find a better customer service than what we got. No. No way. <laughs> so, Matt, I got to ask, and it, it's a question we ask a lot here, is uh, what drives you outdoors? What drives the outdoors? What drives you I outdoors? Drive. <laughs> what drives me outdoors? Dude, I just live for it. I love it. That's all I do. I mean, I'm very blessed to be able to do what I love every day. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's a hard, hard job seven days a week. I've And since, since ATA, say it was January 6th, I think, I took Easter Sunday off and I took a Saturday off the other day because we had a party at the house. And we've been starting uh, Saturday nights. I built an outdoor movie theater at my house around my pool, my whole backyard. I don't know if you've seen some of my live videos, but it's all concrete, big 42-foot-long pool, and I built a, an outdoor movie theater. I built it all myself, built the house myself. Uh, it's just cool just to entertain. It's Jason's studio, he would say. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> It's nothing better than that, man. And I, I love that you're, you're 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 living your dream and you're being so innovative and you're bringing so many so many great things to the table. And it's great to see and you know the success and and how you've grown and the things that you're coming up with and how the success is is now handed down to everybody who's who's buying these products and using them every day. Yep, and, and you know we we just appreciate the our patrons. I guess you'd say I I never in a million years after the the five years previous that I've had, I mean, I was literally ready to quit a little over a year ago before we stepped into the saddle market. I mean, we just, it didn't pay the bills. I've never taken a check out of my company. Uh, it, it was just something for me to do, something for me to, to do with my time. And that's, I, I just, like I say, I love what I do. Definitely. Well, Matt, we can't thank you enough for joining us. And, and I appreciate it. it. The information, the stories, the the conversation. I mean, it's one in a million. It, it's just, it, it's all unique, you know. And that's what we really love about it. You're bringing a different perspective to the industry. You're doing things different. You're you're seeing issues and addressing them in the saddle hunt community as well as the tree stand community. And that's really what's going to keep driving this thing forward, driving the industry forward. And, uh, man, we just hope you keep it up. We yeah. will I'd, go I'd ahead. I'd like to say one other thing, uh, and it's kind of came the last two years. There's been a lot of division in the hunting industry, and that's, I'm so against that. 
I, I actually, when I do my live broadcast, I'll throw in people that, that I, I think they despise me by the way they treat me and things like that, but there's still options for the hunters. So I'm not asking people just to buy my stuff. You know, there's, there's plenty of different variety of things out there from other companies and it's to each their own, whatever they like. I'm not going to beg people to buy my product, especially if it's not their style. And that's what's so nice about having so many different companies around. You got the, the freedom to choose what you want. It's America. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it, it's very well said. And that's one thing I do want to point out. We've been pushing that from the get-go is find the gear and equipment that matches you, your needs, and your style and learn it. You know, it's exactly. one thing it's one thing to get equipment because a buddy said it's good it's another thing to get equipment because it fits you and you learn it and it works and and that's that's one thing that's been really cool getting to know you seeing your product seeing your your changes over the years is you go okay this is what people are looking for how can i address that and you're you're meeting that need so we want to thank you for that man greatly appreciate it matt and i appreciate you guys bringing me on Anytime. Okay. It won't be yeah. the last time. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to be in uh, Birmingham by chance, either of you? I don't think we'll be at Birmingham this year. Okay. That's the next show that I know of coming up. We got Birmingham. Uh, Columbus, Ohio is going to come back, I think, in August. And then we'll be in Houston at the yep. Texas Trophy Hunters. So it, okay. come out it's, and see us. Absolutely. Go out and see them for sure. I don't know if we'll be able to make it. The summer's kind of the tough kind of thing for us, and we're getting ready for deer season. I'm on the fishing boat, so things are a little tough for the shows in the summer. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's that crazy world that we've been living in the last few months has kind of put a skew to everything. But uh, as soon as we have everything lined up, we're all going to get together. If nothing else, I'm going to drag Trev down there come next May, and I'm going to let him get a – a fistful of cat <laughs> and go. we're, we're going to all laugh and enjoy and have a good time over that. But, uh, again, thank you for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. And for all the listeners out there, please reach out, check out Matt, check out out on a limb. The products are incredible until you get hands on. You really don't comprehend how innovative this stuff is. And, uh, until you go out and do that, We want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.